All right, hi, everyone. How's everyone doing? Thanks for coming uh, to a little, little bit later uh, presentation here. I appreciate that. <clears throat> so I'm Jeff Dickey. I work for NetApp. I have uh, this awesome job where I get to travel around and tell uh, companies about the, the awesome cloud products that NetApp has. And I'm excited today because we have a customer here, and um, we're going to tell you a story. It's going to be a journey uh, of what uh, our customer, GMI, went through, um, kind of in their, their cloud story and, and, and specifically towards uh, storage. So I want to introduce Jason or let Jason introduce himself. Sorry, I'm Jason Mulrini. I'm from Genomics Medicine Ireland, and uh, we're a genomic sequencing and a research company. Awesome. So a little bit about um, GMI. We're going to uh, show this video. Um, it's, it's, it's a great video that kind of gives a, an overview imagine, of GMI. And, imagine and what a future about. where complex diseases and conditions can be identified from birth, allowing them to be successfully treated before they become chronic. Imagine that a blueprint of your unique makeup can be used throughout your life to tailor new treatments and medication for you as soon as they're developed. And imagine that the participation of one in 10 people in Ireland can benefit those living on our island and also the 80 million people worldwide who call Ireland home. All this is already becoming a reality thanks to genomics, the most significant development in medicine and life science in generations. Now imagine that Ireland can become the global leader in advanced life sciences because studying our genes today can lead to amazing discoveries tomorrow. Sizable new investment will create up to 600 jobs and will be the foundation for one of the world's largest whole genome sequencing programs targeting 400,000 participants with potential to establish Ireland as a centre of excellence in advanced life sciences. So imagine that Ireland can become the envy of the global life sciences community and at the forefront of one of the most groundbreaking developments for humankind in decades. Imagine no more. So no big deal, right? That's uh, not, a, not a huge, amazing uh, feat that you guys are are working through. Um, can you give us a kind of a you know, step back and tell us about GMI? Right, well, GMI is about four years old at this stage, and uh, I joined it in its fairly early days. It was about a year and a half or when I joined, and uh, we were uh, very much starting this from scratch. There was nothing like this before out there. And we decided as a company that we were going to be just cloud-centric. We weren't going to do any on-prem uh, infrastructure or hardware and when you get a situation where you're generating a lot of data that can be a real challenge uh, to, to be uh, you know a cloud company but creating tons of data in the actual real world so you guys create I mean it's, it's, it's almost like tangible data right you're taking you're taking the physical and creating data that's right like these, these sequences that are coming off these sequences like an individual sequence could be two 300 gig a, a run and then if we're running those you know, multiple sequences of these things being being captured on just even one sequencer alone. You could have like nearly 100 uh, sequences on that one sequencer. And like I said, yeah, we have six of them now at this stage, so that's, wow. that's a lot of data uh, to, to be pulling off uh, physical devices and pushing into cloud. Yeah, that's awesome, and, and such a great use case. I think folks here have uh, either, either have gone through 
um, projects where you've got massive amounts of data to, uh, to get to the cloud, or at your next gig, you will have that problem. Um, but let's talk about you know, what, what, what were you trying to do? Like, what are you trying to accomplish um, with, with uh, your cloud build? OK, well, anybody who's tried to file storage in the cloud will know it's difficult. And then trying to do high-performance file storage in the cloud is you know, almost impossible. Um, we evaluate a lot of different tools out there, a lot of open source tools, Ceph, Cluster. Um, we've even gone down the route of Vector, you're working with um, ADF, ADFS and uh, you know, replication on Windows. And uh, that was looking like the, the front runner for a long time. They're using replicated services across uh, ephemeral-based instances. Okay. How was that? Um, it's good when you get it running, but there's a lot of work, a lot of heavy lifting yeah. to be done to, to get the kind of performance you want and, and get your, your own uh, sort of comfort levels that you're not going to lose data. Yeah, that's probably uh, important what you guys are doing. Um, so what, uh, what were some of the, the requirements that you were looking for uh, early on? Like what, what you, you had looked at Ceph, you looked at Gluster, um, uh, you, you were about to look at a, another, another one. What kind of led you into the into the kind of DFS thing? Well, well it, was, uh, it was kind of interesting. We were playing around with DFS, and we're very close to putting that into production. We had it running one or two sequencers there. And uh, we had a meeting with our colleagues in, in, in Iceland. We have uh, another team over there. And they were advocates of, the, uh, of your product there. And uh, we looked at the product initially, and it was, a, it was a good product, but it only would work inside Amazon. And that was the, the sort of the, the main pain point for ourselves, that uh, you know, great product, but not really going to work for our UK use case. Yeah. Um, which kind of gets us to the, uh, you know, the before, before using NetApp, right? Um, what, can you, can you kind of talk to us about um, scale and, you know, what, what it looks like with, with the data? What were you trying to do? Um, what were some of the, the, the gaps that you were encountering um, with, with using uh, these different storage? So yeah, they're, they're all good solutions in their own right at a very specific use case. But when you're in a situation where you've got a lot of data, you're generating large volumes at, at all, uh, a long time, you have to figure out how can you get this data into the cloud without losing it and how can you do it at scale. Um, like uh, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a sequencer that drops data, that's quite a, quite a serious uh, um, you know, event for us. Yeah. Like, uh, it, it, there's a lot of work. And even physically running one of those sequencers, you know, you've got a lot of lab tech work. You've got a lot of costly consumables to run those things. So we've got to be sure when we write that data somewhere, you know, it is where we expect it to be. And then we're also going to run some sort of process and analysis on, on the data and conversions on that data on different pipelines. What happens if, there's, uh, you, if any data gets dropped or you, you lose well, a small amount? We're talking about a significant cost to the company and actual also time to, to get that data into the cloud. So you know, each of these sequencing runs will take 15, 20 hours. And you know we're, we've got teams waiting on this data to do analysis yeah. and research. So you're talking about the whole whole cost of actually preparing new blood samples again. Yeah. So you got lab tech costs. You've got consumable costs on these machines, and you you got the physical time to run that sequence again uh, to get it back into into the cloud. Yeah. So huge data set. You you know you you rolled it yourself. Yes. You've got a small team. Um, what what were those challenges? Well, very early on, when we started looking at the likes of uh, you know Ceph and uh, different solutions and uh, you know, DFS uh, on, on Microsoft, we realized you know we didn't really want to become storage administrators, you know, because you're not just rolling in one server every time you spin up a new one of these storage nodes. If you're using something like the the 
DFS cluster we were talking about, you're talking a pair of uh, large ephemeral servers, lots of disks in them, lots of potential for failure there. Yeah. So every time you're scaling up, you're scaling up times N2, like everything. So if you're going to put one of those for every sequencer or for every piece of lab equipment, before you know it, you, we, we, my DevOps team are going to be in a, in a sort of you know, storage administration kind of mode. And a lot of that's maybe hard to automate? Especially on the physical side to well, AWS? Well, you can do an offload Amazon with their, their automation tools, but at the end of the day, when you're dealing with a lot of sort of, you know, potential informa information, a lot of critical information, you do want to have a human eye on it and check that, you know, what, what you've saved is what you've actually expected to, you yeah. know, to get there. There's nobody going to thank you for saving an awful lot of you know, junk data into Amazon or into S3 if, if it's not actually what it's supposed to be. Would you have to, like, resubmit a job from on-prem? It, it has happened from time to time when we our own solutions where say something uh, something will crash out or whatever and you know the drive didn't get there. You got to go through sort of like recovery mode in the sequencer, see yeah. if you can recover the data from the sequencer, push it back to back to the your storage solution. Then you're going to have your old pipelines and you're going to have hundreds of instances working on that drive, converting that data into something usable. Then we're going to commit to S3 where it's going to be its final resting place. And that would be. Um Cost prohibitive if you have to redo yeah, it a few times. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not something you yeah. want to be doing every day of the week, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, so um, you know, you you um, found out about um, uh, NetApp Cloud Volumes, right? Yeah. And what, what what was that like? How how did you hear about the product? Like, what were you looking for? Well, we were over to sort of fact finding a mission with one of our you know sister companies and. Um, we were looking at their products and what they're doing, and they were used doing, doing large-scale analysis in the cloud. And they demonstrated the, the cloud volume and how, how quick and how easy it was to get up and get going. And uh, like, I really liked the product. And uh, you know, I was coming in an advocate, even though it wasn't really for our use case. Like, the, the Achilles heel was, if you had an Amazon uh, machine, you could access NetApp but not the actual on-prem thing. So that was the that was the, that was the kicker for me because I liked the product. I just couldn't see how it worked for our case where you know, we're in the real world and we're not 100%, you know, everything doesn't happen in the cloud. We, we kick the, the, the real uh, sort of work off in a lab, in a laboratory, yeah. on a sequencer and generate lots of data. And how long did you test that? We, we played around with it for a while and uh, I'm saying we, we had a lot of help from your team there on, on, the, on the testing and making it available, all right? Yeah, well, that's awesome. Um, uh, so, you know, this, this kind of changed the way um, you guys were um, basically getting this on-prem data yeah. to AWS. Kind of, did, did you have to retool anything? Did you, like, what did that look like um, well, after? Yeah, well, even, even taking a step back, like, you know, engaging with NetApp guys, your, your support team, your engineering team, um, typically, you know, like I, said, like I said, all the cloud volumes are only available in the cloud. So we did a bit of funky networking with Amazon, it was Direct Connect and that kind of thing, and we changed how you uh, present your NetApp product. So we've, uh, it wasn't the standard customer placement stuff. We had to have the engineering team where we're placing Direct Connect straight onto the, the VGW of, of, of an Amazon VPC, and then doing some routing on our own side in the Palo Alto world on our, on our firewalls. We're able to make those drives accessible inside our environment. So we had a situation where we could uh, provision a NetApp drive have the sequencer think that it's actually talking to a you know, Windows file share, and as far as it was concerned, it was happy they're writing onto a Windows server. That's pretty cool. Um, it, so I want to just dive into that just a little bit. So, yeah, sure. Like, uh, talk, talk about the sequencer. Like, what, 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 is this, what is this thing? 
Okay, well, these, about. these sequencers, they're a very expensive piece of equipment, and they, they're very um, sort of strict about the software stack on those machines, you know, installing something like an antivirus product, you know, that could even invalidate your warranty with the vendor. When you're spending like a, a million pound on, on a sequencer, you don't want to have a situation where the vendor is going to turn and say, we don't support it because you've got a, you know, a strange config or something we, we're not happy with. So... When we looked at all these other open source solutions like SIF uh, you know, or any of these things, they always required an agent or a piece of software to be installed to, to make them work. Because um, these, these are in an office. Yeah, they're directly in a laboratory. They're, yeah. they're, they're, in, they're in a lab, yeah. right? These are ex crazy expensive machines. Yeah. And they're basically just like, they're, they're almost like data generating machines, Oh right? yeah, these things will fill your drive but they, pretty but they fast. But yeah. they want to put the data to a local drive. Yeah, in your like, office, right? That's what they want to do. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Like they, they, these people that build, build these machines, they're scientists. They, they're at the top of the game from all the medical sciences and the sequencing and the imaging. They're not thinking about sort of cloud. They're, they're not necessarily focused on cloud. They're used to working in, in traditional environments where you're writing to Windows file servers, and that's what they know, and that's what they do best. So trying to bend that product to, to work cloud is, is, it was a real challenge. Yeah, yeah. And is everyone, does everyone familiar with DirectNX? And is that, is that kind of a... A foreign thing. Do you want, do you want to describe? Yeah. A, so, a so Direct Connect is, a, is effectively a lease line into the Amazon infrastructure, and in our in our configuration, we have a 10 gig Direct Connect Amazon pipe, and you can actually access the Amazon services, API services, S3 and DynamoDB, those kind of things, at 10 gig speed from your on-prem. Uh, so that's that's a big game changer when you've got a pipe like that directly yeah. into the core of Amazon. What I love about what you guys are doing, I mean, when I was, when I was introduced, it was like, oh, hey, this company has a really unique uh, uh, use case yeah. for doing this. And, and when, I, when I got to talk with you, it was like, well, no, this, is, this may be, or it may sound unique, but I think in the future we're going to have so much more of this, right? I mean, you, you still have a lot of data-creating entities, yeah, oil rigs, you know, where, there's so many things that are generating this, and how do you get it to... Uh, you know, you, you still need massive processing against sure, that. Sure, sure. You're not, you're not moving servers out to your data, right? No, no, no. And like even looking at something like the Amazon Snowball product or something like that, you know, they, they wouldn't work from a point of view. You know, you're talking about you, you bring an Amazon device to your premises, you load the data up, you ship it off, they ingest it. Like there's just too much of a delay in that situation because yep. our stuff is very real time. Because yeah. that's a good, it's, 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 it's um, an awesome product for that yeah, for that, that use. specific use but case. But if you need that, if you want real time, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, getting your data in, um, and then talk to you a little bit about about you know this. You were, you were saying uh, that that kind of freed up your time to focus on more. Uh, yeah, like like I said to you, we've we've a relatively small DevOps team. You know, it's three and four sometimes when I roll up my okay. sleeves, and um, looking at the sort of the trajectory we're on with the, the DFS uh, solution. We're going to have a situation where, you know, Monday morning, you know, who's going to have the bucket of mop and go and check what's going on with these, these instances? Uh, when you're running something like a, that D28X large instance, which has 24 two terabyte mechanical drives, if you run enough of them, you know, you're going to have drive failures. And you yeah. know, Amazon has drive failures all the time, but they, they build a redundancy into their products. But when you're using the ephemeral based instances, you've got to build that redundancy yourself. Yeah. Well, I remember when we first talked, it, it, it hit me because um, uh, the, the head of our cloud unit is always saying, you know, innovate, don't administrate. Yeah, and yeah. I remember when, when we're talking with you and you're just like, that, this freed you up, right? You're yeah, not having to absolutely, think, yeah. you're getting all the benefits of AWS, but you're not having to uh, roll your own uh, you know, network storage. Yeah, on, yeah. On like that, we, right? we didn't want to become storage administrators again. You know, you know we've, I've, I've done that before in, yeah. in, in past lives. 
Um, okay, so so there are three big things um, that that were let's say obstacles or hurdles, right? That you you, you need to do. Can you talk about uh, each one? I know scale. I mean, and, and both both on-prem scaling and both uh, scaling in AWS. Yeah, well, like, like we said, we never, uh, we started out as a company that we're, we're cloud-centric, and we didn't go on a go that route. When we did agonize, do we, do we put a physical storage device on the on-premises? Then if you can have one, you have to have two, because you've got to have redundancy. And also, you're going to be limited by your capacity or whatever you can put, you can put on-prem. Um, you know, even, even the, the, the biggest systems, you know, with the kind of data sets we have, mm. um, like there's other, say, research or other sequencing companies in, say, the UK, where... I think they got about a two-week retention on their data because they, they've, they've obviously got a, you know, a limited hard cap you on what they right? can hold. Yeah. Where with, a, with cloud, you, know, you can just scale infinitely. Um, even going back to like what I was saying to you with the, sort of the um, pipelines that we have analyzing this data, once we get it from, from the sequencers into NetApp, we can have you know, 400 plus instances chewing away on a NetApp volume, consuming that data and making it something usable in S3. And are you able to say like in the last few weeks, like how much, how much data have you moved or moved? Well, I, th I think last month there, uh, you know, so, uh, we could be talking nearly close to half a petabyte of data being just being moved from yeah. the sequence. Now, obviously, there's a lot of junk data. But once we've processed it and turned it into something usable, you're going to throw a lot of data away. But that's the kind of volumes of, of data that we're, we're yeah. pulling straight into, into NetApp, and then, then we're basically processing yep. that and then turning it into, into, a, into a, a sequence on S3. But you have, to, you, also, you have to process the garbage out. Oh, absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. And uh, that, that's, that's part of our workflow, yeah. Yeah, and that takes time. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, cost, that was, was something you were looking at? or? Yeah, well, like I said to you, when we looked at the, uh, the uh, ephemeral-based instance solution, it was much more expensive than, than NetApp. And you weren't getting anywhere like the storage you needed, and we're looking at a hard cap of 44 terabytes uh, available in, on those D2X clusters. Um, so you're paying for 80 terabytes, but you're only getting 44 terabytes usable in, in that mirror configuration. Yeah. Um, and what are you are you doing? Anything with the cost savings, or do you just reap the cost savings, or do you reinvest that? Well, that's something else you know we can spend in the organization, be it on research or be it on other things. So it's good, you know, taking that storage stuff away. It also there's there's a human capital aspect to this as well. If you don't have people monitor or managing your storage, they can be busy doing something else. They can actually you know add more value in the company. Yeah. So it's not just a dollar figure. Or it gives you more um, spot instances. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and then um, talk a little bit about the network traffic because that's, you know, that's. I think I think anyone that's here at this conference understands, like that much data, what that looks like, and why that's a challenge. Yeah, like these these sequencers when they when they're running, like you know, they can take you know fifteen twenty hours to basically get their output out and uh, onto a NetApp drive, and then we'll kick off some workflow there where we'll actually have our pipelines come along, do do processing, do VCL fastq conversion. Then we've got to do quality control on those samples. Once we're happy with them, then we're going to commit those to S3. Okay, nice. Um, so um, when you first started this process, sure, yeah. um, what, did this, what did this look like? Um, ha, ha, kind, of, kind of walk us through setting up the trial. Okay, so when we're setting up those, uh, those uh, D2X instances, you know, you'd, you'd spin them up and you're probably talking about, you know, from a situation of, from, from launch to, to configuration ready to go, you're talking a, you know, an hour to actually do because you're also going to do replication tests, make sure that you, know, you can recover there and your data is moving across. And what we found as a challenge with the Microsoft uh, DFS service 
it really struggles when you're sort of trying to you know, replicate large files. You know, if you've got your standard file and print that you have in your Office or Word documents, DFS is a, is a beautiful product. You just turn it on and it just works. But when you have a situation where you've got you know, large data sets coming from multiple sources, like multiple sequencers, uh, you know, that, that can, be, can be challenging. You start getting replication lag. Yeah. And also, you're losing a lot of that bandwidth you're going to have in those instances just in pure replication traffic as well. So you might have a 10 gig Amazon instance. But realistically, you know, you're, 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 you're probably losing half of that bandwidth just replication to keep those two instances in sync. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a good, good point because it's, it's a good product, right? It's like right product, wrong use case. Absolutely. Uh, for that, Absolutely, which yeah. is, you know, I think we're, today we're bombarded by uh, different products to We can have too to much at, choice. Right? In the other yeah. Thing, yeah. Um, and then, so connecting, you know, you, you'd spin up, um, you connect the sequencers uh, directly in, right? Yeah. Yep. And then... Um, you're doing the sequencing on that, yep. and then um, what was the? So sorry, I had to read that. The, the then you're you're analyzing the data, right? That's correct. Yeah. And just right then, you started. There was yep. no delay. Okay, that's that's great. Um, so the other thing I, I kind of want to touch on too, because it's just these these machines are are so fascinating. Um, it's not like you're 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 not done with data, right? You're not done with your data set. You're not done moving data. This isn't something that you're just going to work with, right? You're no, we're, we're, we're continuously uh, going out there and collecting more samples and processing more samples. So we're generating uh, more and more data all the time. What percentage do you think you're at right now of, oh, uh, of the goal for 10% of, of Ireland? Right? Maybe 10% maybe of we've only collected a small subset. Like We're only starting this. This is a long-term plan. This is going to take yeah. years to actually finish. So. Yeah, we, we've still got a long way to go. I don't actually have the, right, the actual right number on the samples there. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's going to be a, a long journey, and I think time will tell, right? On, yes, on yeah, it's going to be a long story. What will work and, and with different things that change. Um, so so in, were, there, were there lessons learned from moving, kind of, again, large data sets to the cloud? Uh, were there things you would have done different, or were there things that um, you, you're you do like the way that it's working now? Well, like I said to you, when we're rolling our own uh, storage solutions, you know, it's very hard to do capacity planning and that kind of thing. And uh, you, you, you spend a lot of time agonizing over, am I making the right choices here with instance types and that kind of thing, building your, your application suite and that kind of thing. So moving to NetApp, you've, we've kind of offloaded a lot of that sort of that, uh, you know, mental uh, headache there. Um, we're, not, we're not no longer sort of worrying about storage and optimization yeah. of those services. And you guys had a requirement too for a dual protocol, and, and I always get, I always laugh because it's like if you're not a storage person, you like when someone says dual protocol or storage, or if they say NFS, and yeah, so they do, yeah. you know all, all the different things, or people are like in the cloud, like what? That's, yeah. Like that, that, that's not a thing. I think um, even NFS storage has kind of gone away. Just even thinking about it, because we're so used to saying like, like how are we going to build this, right? Yeah, block, yeah. It's object, like we, yeah. we have to, we have to re-architect. So it's kind of a, it's almost like a resurgence of, of. Uh, uh, file again. Um, yeah, and, and I think what, what, so. Do, do you explain dual protocol? Because I, I like okay. Cloud cloud folks. It's just yeah. not a term. They. Yeah. Well, I think everybody knows NFS is the you know the old tried and tested Unix uh, file uh, transfer protocol. Um, SIF or, or Samba, depending who who you're talking to, is the sort of Windows emulation of the Windows file sharing protocol. And like we said earlier on, these, these sequencers are all running uh, Windows um, embedded uh, operating systems or long life systems on them. So they want to live in a Windows environment. They're not going to talk uh, NFS. 
So like I said, yeah, these machines are heavily under sort of you know, regulated software controls, yeah. what you can and can't install. So even if you could go and buy a commercial NFS agent to install all these things, you're going to have to work with the vendor, get a sort of you know, validation of that. And it's, it's just such a headache. So yeah. having a sort of dual protocol where you, you can write Windows file uh, protocols to the NetApp volumes, from my perspective, was a game changer. Because we, we did look at it, even stuff like the Amazon EFS product, but that only comes in uh, Unix flavor NFS. So you know, great product, but just again, not the right product for this use case. Yep. Well, and you know, so the, the sequencers want a Windows file share, Yeah. right? Yeah, and so you need that same share, but you're processing, you know, you're, you're doing the analytics on Linux machines, yeah. and they both need to see that. So it's, you know, I, I think for, for folks to understand, it's like, if you need Windows and Linux machines, all accessing the same data, yeah, you know, you know file store yeah. uh, of that. So uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a you know unique thing, um, but it's definitely it's definitely needed. Um, what, what so? What's your current on-prem storage fo footprint look like? Um, you can see it there. <laughs> now we have absolutely no servers on on-prem on at all. Everything is run on the cloud. Even our office environment or AD, the whole lot, it's all it's all Amazon based. And that was the real sort of agonizing thing when we were struggling with this, this problem. Um, uh, we, were a, we were trying all these different uh, open source solutions. And it, it, was a, it was a close call. Do we look at a real physical storage solution? Where are we going to host that? Are we going to put it in our own data center? Or where, or where and like I said to you, do we need to buy two of them? Where are we going to put them mm. in different locations? And all of a sudden, that gets very costly. Because if you're going to start uh, hosting your own storage solutions in different DCs, you're going to be paying for connectivity, the whole lot. And again, you're going to need people to manage that. And uh, that would put a lot of pressure on my own team. And we, we did a sort of back of the napkin cal calculation if we turned into you know, storage admins and started running physical infrastructure on things. And you know, if we started running servers and started running storage, our team of, say, four devil people, you know, you're talking you know, 10, 15 people just to keep, uh, keep an eye on that thing and keep it running and be there 24-7 and make sure things just stay running. So we did not want that sort of you know, burden of, of managing all that resources. So you know, persevering on, on the cloud and you know, finding new guys and working with your team around the whole bending the, the, the product to work on-prem mm. was, was a real serious game changer. That's, that's another thing that, that really excited about you know, me with you know, working with you guys is, it, this is this is not a normal scenario for anyone doing kind of uh, the, the type of, of work from taking a blood draw and yeah. sequencing. Because um, I, I, in my past, I, I have built uh, sequencing farms. Like, yeah, yeah. And you know, it, it's, just, it's very rare to see that, you know, and that's why I like it, because this, this is going to be a, a future use case. I think more, you know, you're paving the way for more uh, companies that do generate a lot of data. data. Um, yeah, in the real world, yeah. That, that can now. Yeah. Now they can actually process it in, in you know, s crazy speed. On AWS, so that's that's awesome. Um, so, you, can you talk a little bit about you have ma massive data sets and the, and the sequencing? We've talked about all the you know what what you're doing, but what's what's important to you? It's not necessarily you know as a, as a DevOps person. Yeah. What 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 are you concerned with? Like, do do you care about recoverability or oh, yes. integrity? <laughs> and you know, and what do you do about that? Yeah, so like I'm saying, we're, every every uh, sort of touch point of our data, we're doing a sort of analysis and checking things and check the state of data, the integrity of data. Um, that's like one of the main reasons why we use Amazon because they, they have a lot of built into their products like S3. So once you get your data 
you know, through the hurdles have been processed and, 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 and out, you can be fairly confident it's good. But it's, it's a challenge and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long journey to get from the real world to get there. Um, so, you know, having you know, sort of a durable, reliable storage like an internet platform really, really appeals to us. You know, it it's makes, makes our life so much easier, yeah. you know, provisioning the whole management side of things. It's not, we're not thinking about servers or placements, what AZs we're going to place them in, how we're going to space them out. That's effectively your guys' problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's cloud, right? Yeah. That's, that, that's the promise of cloud. Um, what do you guys do? Can you, what do you do as far as uh, re recoverability? Like, how do you sleep at night? Well, um, in the scenario we have, them, because data sets are, are so big, um, the, the sort of inbuilt um, CVS snapshots doesn't work for that data set we have. But you know, for other smaller lab sequences uh, or lab devices we have, or other different systems, uh, the the snapshot process is pretty good in in, in the the NetApp product. Uh, so, like I said, we rolled our own uh, backup solution for the sequencers using Lambda functions, which uh, launch instances, attach the NetApp volumes just as another client. And they synchronize the data off to an S3 bucket anyway. So, you know, that's the nice thing that we just plug another, you know, product or another service into mm. it ourselves just to, to get our use case to, to, to work. So you back up to S3. You also you're, you're exporting to S3 too, right? That's On right. The, the data that's set. Right. So, and when you're doing the exports or the backups, are, do these take a long time? These, are they slow? Are they you know, what? What are the well? Like? I, you know, I think the fact that we've got a, a 10 gig pipe out of the building really does help. Uh, you know, it's, it's a nice luxury to have, and uh, it really it does make a big difference. Oh, okay. Um, so all said and done, you guys are, you know, you, you, you've, you've tried something different. You know, you're kind of forward thinking. Um, you, you have uh, huge, huge data sets, which equal huge problems, right? Or yeah. Huge, huge, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> huge challenges. Yeah, yeah. You guys are doing such cool stuff. Um, you know, what... Um, there were a couple big things that you guys liked out of it. Um, you know, would you rank them? Is it would, would it be cost savings? Uh, would it be efficiency gains? Would it be uh, you know more more hours in the day? What well, less sleepless nights is, is probably the first one that you know we're not worrying about, we're worrying about servers that we've rolled ourselves. You know, um, also like I said to you, the whole aspect of management. You know, I, th I think that's something that kind of goes under the radar for a lot of people. They don't realize. If you're rolling your own solutions, you know, you're going to be, you've got to commit an awful lot of time and a lot of resources to make sure it stays running, it's optimal, it's performing the way you expect it to run. So taking that out of the equation, you know, that gives me a lot more resources to do other things and you know, work on other systems. Um, well, here's, here's the fun part. This is, um, can, you, can you take everyone through uh, you know, what this looks like from sequencer into you know, getting a... Um, uh, sequenced data set uh, exported there. Right, so like, like we said, we start off with the, the sequencers that are generating these, these large data sets. And you know, once you've actually you've, you've processed the actual blood and turned it into digital data, they're then written to a Windows file chair, which happens to be the, the NetApp volume there. And these are, I think too, what, what I want to hit on it is, these are basically, these devices are mounted to, oh, yeah, yeah. to an AWS NetApp volume. That's right, yeah. So like mounted. There's, there's, no, there's no physical uh, equipment in, in, in play apart from the networking yeah. many, infrastructure. Many miles away. Yeah. <laughs> Amount many miles away. So as an organization, like I said, we've, we've heavily invested in our, in our network infrastructure. Yeah. So like we've, we've got a 10 gig direct connect from Amazon. We've also got a microwave radio link on the roof there. So should, should that direct connect fail, we have another, another mechanism to get to the actual VPC that's actually attached to your cloud, uh, cloud volume. So 
we have a lot of uh, a lot of infrastructure there. So that's that's where we spent our money. We did a smart spend on on the infrastructure, yeah. rather than actually you know physically rolling a lot of storage devices into our environment, then figuring out how we're going to support them and keep them running. And so, you, you, so we 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 got the yes, with yes. Our, so right? we've got we've got our data moved across the direct direct connect yeah. onto the uh, NetApp volumes. We then have our, our pipelines, which are kickoff. So we've basically used an awful lot of Amazon auto scaling, and like I said, we, we can launch between 100 to 400 instances to actually take all that data which we've collected from the sequencers, which is now sitting on NetApp volume, and then they basically process that data, convert it, and make it into a usable format. We'll do our own QC on that on, on, on those files, make sure what we got off the sequencer is a valid sample, because you know you will have sequencers sometimes they they might fail or it might be a bad sample. You don't want to commit that data into into the cloud. You know storage is expensive. Yeah. And then um, after we've done all that processing, we we basically push we push those files to S3, and that's where the real magic starts. Like well, I I see ourselves as basically the, the plumbers. We're looking after all the actual engineering. That's when the, the super smart people and our scientists and our bioinformaticians can do something with that data that we've collected. And that was okay. And then so we got the the dual protocol links, right? Yes. Yeah, so SMB and the NFS. Absolutely, yeah. There. So the, the um, SMB for the for the for the sequencers and the, yeah. the NFS for the for the uh, the pipelines. Awesome. Um, so we're going to do a, um, a demo. Oh, no, we're not going to do demo. Okay. Well, let's talk about uh, future. Um, uh, wh what is this, like from, from what you've done so far, uh, do you have ideas of, of what, how you would change things or what you would do in the future or does this open up new, new projects? Or... Yeah, no, we're, we're looking at a lot of uh, sort of uh, ways we can reuse this product. Um, like we use an awful lot of spot uh, instances in our pipelines because, you know, you get a lot of cheap instances, you know, at a, at a very reasonable cost. So these machines that are doing this uh, processing after we've got the data onto NetApp volume, so we're talking about you know a couple of hundred in instances that can have two terabyte drives on them, uh, EBS drives, which if you're running say four you know four hundred of these machines for for fifteen twenty hours, that's a lot of and if you run that a couple of times a week, that's a lot of EBS storage you're you're paying for. Yeah. Um, and the the problem we also have is you know spot can go away. And if you have a situation where that data is sitting on a, on a spot instance, you've got two scenarios. You might, say, hibernate a spot instance, or you're going to lose that data. In our scenario, the hibernation wouldn't, wouldn't really work just the size of the data sets mm. we're, we're working on. Uh, one thing that you know, we're, we're playing around with, it, with the idea is, if we uh, launch these instances with much smaller drives and use the, the NetApp volumes themselves to hold the actual the processing data, we might be in a position at a later stage to either you know, pick up those jobs where they left off when we get back to spot again, or we can have, say, a, a smaller fleet of, say, on-demand instances or reserved instances, which chip away at, say, jobs that weren't completed. So we're not quite there yet. It's, it's not a viable product, but it's, it's a direction we're, we're kind of looking at at the, at the moment. But that's, that's smart. It's a good use of uh, resources. Huh. So... Um Uh, was this our last slide? Sorry. Yeah, anything else? I, don't, that was, I don't know why that was in there, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, well, yeah, thanks, thanks for doing the, the, the talk. It's like a, no problem. It's like a, a, a panel uh, presentation. Yeah. Um, so do we, do we open it up for questions? Does anyone have any questions for uh, yeah. Jason who's doing cool stuff yeah. here? Um, do, you, do you run into, I, I, I mean, at the company I'm at now, we use physical net apps for ages with NFS on, on the front, and we still run into locking problems sometimes, even with, you know, just directing one. So uh, do you run into any NFS locking problems, even as distributed? 
No, we, we haven't hit any problems yet on the actual cloud uh, volumes. Okay, so it's no different than physical storage? No, no, they're, as far as they're concerned, they're talking to you know, real storage. Well, I think maybe our, our process flow might be different because you, know, you have a situation where the actual front-end devices are basically pushing all that data. Then once that, that operation is complete, you've got your fleet of NFS drives. So you're, you're, yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's kind of almost like a print flow. If you think of it like a print server, you're kind of going one direction. Okay. All right, yeah, we're doing a lot of mixed IOPS. Ah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, so that's what we and, and NetApps is great, and we're trying to move into the cloud with that. So yeah. Sorry, Jeff. There's one other thing I actually forgot to mention. There, we um, we brought our our, la our uh, last sequencer online there recently, and just the uh, whole setup for that instance, uh, that, that sequence area, took 24 minutes. Uh, versus what, what, did, what did it take before? Well, like I said to you, when you had to build your other instance or your, the other storage solution, you were talking about you know an hour or two to to, to stand up your instances and do your replication tech yeah. to, and make sure you're happy with that you're getting your data. But uh, the other thing with this 24 minutes, it actually took 20 minutes for my uh, IT guys to network the sequencer and do all the network security and get it on the wire. And it took four minutes for the DevOps guys to create the NetApp volumes and uh, basically change the endpoints on the pipeline so they knew that was there. So that's cool, yeah. again, that's just, just a kind yeah. of thing. And from our perspective, we can just horizontally scale. Like, you know, we actually have, create new NetApp volumes for every sequencer we have on site. So rather than a situation where, you know, you run out of physical capacity or you're into spinning up more, in, more instances, we just create a new NetApp volume, do a bit of configuration on our pipelines, and away we go. I think that's how you're going to hit 10% of Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, we can talk later, too, about yours. You, know, the, they're, they're, you can have multiple volumes that have uh, you know, different SLAs um, okay. that, that you can work with, and it's, it's built for multi-tenancy um, to, yeah, to handle that. I mean, so. I'm just worried about it. Yeah. Kind of stretching it further away from, you know, you're a little bit further from the source kind of thing, you know, if there's, because now you're going through the cloud. If you're your case, you're probably going, you know, really far away. Look, yeah. It hasn't been a problem, I have to say. It's been, it's been very good. Um, like, we're literally uh, able to pull files on and off. Like, uh, even the own internal network as well. We've got 10 gig and a lot of these environments internally. And it, it, you, you wouldn't know cloud is there. What else? Any other questions? Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone. Thanks for coming out. Great. Thanks, Jeff. Is your water?